seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Backfire Man cast. I'm here with Emily and Garrett. Hello. I sure hope you're going to tell me about the Super Bowl because this is it the Man cast. Two weeks ago, and I'm still bothered by it. Oh, huh. wait. Two I'm weeks? S- oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, restart. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, how do I talk about things that haven't happened? <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> Just not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Do you want me to count down again? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Backfire Man cast. How are you, Jim? I am doing good. How are you, Emily? Good. Garrett, you? Not bad. Not bad. I must admit, though, that even though it's been two weeks since the Super Bowl, it still bugs me a little bit. Oh, yeah? Tell me. Well, I did not want the Chiefs to win, mostly. I have been a Niners fan. Like, I have assigned. Steve Young football in my office behind me and stuff. I've been a Niners fan and they just lost for the dumbest reasons. Uh, That one, the one guy that the ball went off his ankle. And so it just handed a touchdown to the other team. That was dumb. The other dumbest play that ruined the Super Bowl was when they flipped the coin for overtime the Niners won the coin toss, and then they're like, I'll defer. Or, like, or they said they'll take the ball. And I was like, what? Why would you ever take the ball first in overtime? See, this is, this is what I heard. Hmm. They were in a press conference, and they didn't realize, because this year the rules changed for playoffs, for playoff overtime. And so it used to be that if you did get, if you did win the coin toss, you want to get the ball because if oh, whoever yeah. scores first wins. And the entire 49ers team apparently were unaware of that rule change. Whoops. So, yeah. That was a, a pretty big mistake. But the biggest one was the blocked extra point. Oh, That yeah. made it so that it was a three-point game and all Kansas City needed to send it to overtime was a field goal. Man, it would not have taken much for the Niners to win that thing. Nope. Just little boneheaded mistakes. Yep. <sighs> and that's what we're talking about today. Little boneheaded mistakes. Um, so we just released a video yesterday that I, I hope everybody watches because as far as getting the accuracy out of your rifle, it's probably the most important video that we will do on the channel because we're focused so much on groups everything in the everything in shooting is all about group size and that honestly doesn't help you that much when we're talking about actually getting the bullet to where you want it to go Mm -hmm. so we did a video was a year ago i guess it's been a year almost a year ago called the one moa hoax a lot of people missed the point of that video (laughs) there were There were a few guys who made videos just railing, just whining about that video um, and arguing against it. And I think they I I think they maybe saw the title and assumed some things and didn't actually 
know what we had actually said in the video. Right. We we tried to explain it very clearly that, that it was really all about, you know, we just wanted to expose whatever was misguiding by the gun manufacturer companies. Yeah, exactly. It was all about the warranties from the manufacturers is what that video was about. The point was that if a manufacturer has a one MOA guarantee, but when you have a problem with your rifle, the way that they test that is you send their rifle back and they just shoot groups until they get a three-shot group that's under an inch. Well, that doesn't actually mean anything because even if a, even if a rifle on average is four MOA, if you shoot enough three-shot groups, you're eventually going to get three that land within an inch. Yeah, I loved that. Jim, well, I just like this about you, Jim. You are good at, like, fact-checking, I guess, looking across uh, multiple sources linearly just to kind of make your own conclusion about things. And so you had established, like, what? how am I going to measure accuracy? You know, you decided, okay, well, is three shots better, four shots better, five shots better? And you compared and contrasted those to see, like, what was actually being measured in those. And so I I thought that was pretty cool how you came up with like, well, just the four shot and how you even could see that the gun manufacturers were just like, they're going to be shooting three shot groups. And then at any moment, if they make it in the quarter, then great, it passes. Right. They could shoot four groups that don't meet the standard and then one that does. And according to most of the company's warranties, that would be a pass. And But really, no shooter would consider that a 1MOA gun if it shoots four groups that are not 1MOA and one group that is. <laughs> now, tell and me, so that's, that's what the video was all about. Yeah. Can you just remind me, though, just so, so that I am understanding as we go on, the bore, the bore shot? Is that what it's called? Where it's like the cold shot in the beginning and... You don't count that, right? But the manufacturers do or uh, the, what? The opposite. So some manufacturers, when they're shooting groups, don't include the cold bore shot. <laughs> and so they shoot one shot that's a warm up and then they shoot a group to see if it can land in, in one MOA. And so it was just another example of how the way that we as consumers think a rifle should be behaving at one MOA the manufacturers do not warranty that. In fact, very few of the... In fact, I don't know that I saw any of the companies with a guarantee that I, that I thought was even just statistically valid. The closest, I would say, was Bagaras. Bagaras at least said, hey, we're shooting three groups and two of the three have to be under an inch. That's okay. I, I, that's better. They, ha- they had some things that I didn't love about it, but at least they said how many groups they're shooting um, in order to, to do it and that they're shooting more than just one you know, group. Right. Anyway. So we wanted to make this other video to kind of help shooters along. Yeah. To get them like to recognize what's happening and to actually be super accurate in light of what they're being told. Yeah, so in this video that, again, just came out yesterday, uh, we want to provide a lot more information and background that maybe would have been too um, technical for YouTube, but I think is really, really critical information. 
So this time we, so last time we brought out a bunch of shooters and we offered 50 bucks if anybody could shoot a one MOA group. Emily and I spent five days at the range. We did not have any shooters who could actually do it. And, you know, partially that's the guns, but a lot that's the shooters Mm -hmm. too. So this video, we want to do something a little bit different. Same idea. We'll give somebody $50 if you can shoot a one MOA group. But this time it's not just precision it's also accuracy mm-hmm. this time you don't just can't just put five shots in one inch we need you to put it in a one inch circle at a hundred yards we're going to draw a one inch circle at a hundred yards and you need to put five shots in that circle that is i don't know how much harder do you i would say i would say that's three times harder to do than right. just shooting a one moa group I would say if you get a whole, you know, get a thousand shooters to go shoot, you're probably going to get three of the group of the people that did accomplish one MOA. I bet it's a third of them that the shots are actually in a circle too. Maybe, maybe less than that. Well, when I had thought that in the beginning, I had imagined the circle wouldn't really be any harder because you can draw a circle around your one inch group. Yeah, if you move. <laughs> I'm saying we draw the circle first and then you shoot. <laughs> That's a good idea. I was aiming here. <laughs> hey, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> So there are so many reasons why that's a lot more difficult to accomplish. And I think very crucially, it's that's way more important to be able to do. And it's something that we shooters rarely even focus on. Yeah, it's But it's way more important. And so one is just your rifle zero has to be on, right? Mm-hmm. And the biggest issue that I've found there is one scopes or rings that are just wandering that every time you go shoot hmm the zero is a little bit different every single time Mm -hmm. and this was fascinating in your scope review long ago where the tracking was off and didn't that contribute to the zero so the tracking of the scope is when you know we're trying to adjust to 500 yards and it isn't moving an exact MOA increment every time or mill increment each time. Mm -hmm. So the tracking wouldn't necessarily impact this. However, what we did do is we, in that same test that you're talking about, we took all the scopes, zeroed it on, on a calibrate lab calibration device. And then I literally just cranked each of the scopes on the ground. Oh yeah. That's what I was thinking to see if they lost zero. Right. And those were scopes in the $1,000 price point, and none of them did. And I I mean, I, I violently cranked them on the ground repeatedly, and all of the scopes maintained their zero. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm told that that's a major issue on cheaper scopes. I just haven't done that test yet. Do you have a class on Backfire Plus where you teach somebody how to zero a scope? I don't think I have anything on zeroing, but we have scope mounting. Uh, honestly, a, a zeroing course may seem a little obvious to some, but honestly, there's a lot to it. Some of those things we need to talk about today. I think that's the. I think that's one of the hardest things, and that's where I think a lot of like. So I'm thinking of my dad, right? Where he it, he likes guns. He goes and shoots guns frequently, but 
when he goes out to hunt, it's always, I can't get on the animal. And I think- Seeing through the scope. It's, I think it's- Like spotting the animal in the scope, is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, just that my, he's always blaming the scope, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think if he had full confidence that he could zero it properly, he would know, oh, it's on. It's just, I need to go out and shoot with the gun more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another reason that, that that's so common that the zero is off is, well, a few things. Like, let's say you have an inexpensive scope that doesn't have a parallax adjustment, doesn't have the focus knob on the left. If you sit down in whatever position you're zeroing the scope in and we shoot our groups and then the next time we come and sit down, but we're in a different position. Now our eye may may move, and because there's not a parallax adjustment, we got parallax error in the scope, meaning the reticle is pointed to somewhere that we don't want it to point to. It's pointed to a different spot each time you move your head. And so on those cheaper scopes without a parallax adjustment, that's that sure, that can absolutely put, put your zero off. Mm-hmm. Another big one, and this is where I really feel like a mill scope is a limitation compared to an MOA scope is because so one inch at a hundred yards is either three clicks on a mill scope or four clicks on an MOA scope about Mm -hmm. right. Neither of them are perfectly an inch, but about. And so the, that means that when you're setting your zero, uh, if you can imagine a tiny, tiny little dot bullseye, right? And we shoot three shots and they're just a little bit up and to the left of that bullseye. Well, we may be adjusting our our turrets, you know, our, our scope to try to get it to the, to the zero. But the next time we're shooting a little bit bottom right of that spot, right? And we're, we're just between clicks. Our zero is between clicks. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And so that may already be whatever, an eighth them away or uh, whatever, a sixth of a mil of error right there. Yeah. Um, anyway, I guess a one twentieth of a mil, whatever it is. It, so that's already, that's already one part that most people are not going to correct for. Now you can correct for that. I was going to say, it seems like you wouldn't be able to because you're kind of just going in between lines and guessing. Yeah. So you would be between lines and it's a very, I mean, that's a very small little difference, right? But you can correct for it in some ballistic solvers. You can, you can put that your zero impact is, you know, up, down, left, right. You know, you're just a tiny bit up, down, left, or right from zero. Just that's, that's the best I can do getting my clicks on. Right. And so when you're shooting long range, then it would, well, really at any range, it could, t- it would tell you, Hey, you know, we're a, a eighth or a 20th of a mil, uh, off this way or that from that tiny bit of, of error right there. Okay. Um, is this an okay place if I talk about the turret tags for a second, just because yeah, you let's said do that. the ballistic, you can, you can adjust for that in your ballistic app, mm-hmm. correct? So Jim's coming out with uh, another product called the turret tag. You're announcing it to the world here and I'm so excited. Oh, really? Yeah, this is great. I thought maybe you had already talked about it. No, I'm not sorry. yet. No, don't be sorry. This is a perfect place to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Oh, Okay. Well, he has these stickers that you can put on your turret 
called a turret tag so that you can mark 100 yards, 300 yards, 500 yards so that instead, so that when you're zero, and this is why I wanted to bring it up because you, will you be able to like adjust for that um, problem that you're just talking about in your ballistics app and then mark it with a turret tag so you don't have to adjust anymore? I mean, technically, but that would be such a fine little difference that, I mean, you'd have to be moving the sticker like a micron. Um, so probably not. Okay. Probably this wouldn't solve that. Okay. So, but let's talk about turret tags generally, because I do think it's the coolest thing ever. Sometimes the simplest solution to a problem is the best one. And so the issue is this, when you're hunting... You see a deer at 387 yards and you start getting ready to shoot. And then somebody ranges the deer for you and says 387 yards. And now you're like pulling out your phone, opening up the Hornady ballistics app. It doesn't have any signal where you are. And so it won't, won't log in for like 20 seconds to open the app. You pick the profile of the gun you're shooting. You change it to 387 yards. Oh crap. I forgot to change my elevation. I'm at 9,000 feet right now for this hunt instead of 3,000 where I sighted in. And you're messing with your app. You finally get it. You get back to the gun. You dial to 387 yards. Now your spotter says, mm, he's walked to 412 in while the, <laughs> while it took you the time <laughs> so to do that. So you got to re-input everything? It's a nightmare. <laughs> it is a nightmare. And it like that's not extreme at all. That's most of the time when I go hunting, somebody is bumbling around trying to, to dial the, the gun. And meanwhile, the animal is not that patient and is out of there. Yeah, uh, actually, I was kind of amazed when we went on that bear hunt. <laughs> That's like my limited experience. But I saw you using the app and I thought, how is the bear just still there? <laughs> <laughs> it's slow. But, and, you know, and if you're taking a shot out to 250 yards, forget this. Just, you know, just just shoot, right? We're going to be flat enough. Just go up, whatever, six inches. You're good, you know? Mm -hmm. But anything past that, Anything past 250, I want the exact range and I want to dial exactly because of tolerance stacking, right? If I'm a little bit off on my range and I'm a little bit off on my shot and there's a little bit more wind than I thought, it all piles up to being a miss. Right. And so I don't like this like, ooh, about 400. No, I want to know it's 412 and I'm going to dial exactly to that because it shrinks my error down. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so... There have been so many solutions for fixing this bumbling problem during the shot. And as I talk to hunting guides, every single one of them says the mo number one reason my clients miss the shot is because we see a deer and it takes them too long to get out the gun, find the animal in the scope, dial to the right range and take a shot just takes them too long. Mm -hmm. I, I ask any hunting guide, I promise you they're going to have the same answer every time. That's why they're missing animals. It takes too long for you to get ready on the gun. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted to solve. I wanted to make this process simpler. So there are existing solutions. For example, if you have a loophole scope or a couple other brands do, Burris, you can do it. Um, you can pay 80 to $120 to just buy a new turret for your scope, the new top turret, that instead of saying one MOI, two MOI, three MOI, it says 100 yards, 200 yards, et cetera. 
That's a cool solution, but it has a problem. If I switch from a lead to a copper bullet, I need to go buy, spend another $100 on a new turret. If I'm hunting here in St. George at 3,200 feet of elevation, and then I go up to Pine Valley at 8,000 feet of elevation, I need to go buy a new turret. <laughs> it's wrong uh, for that. If it's, you know, I sight in my gun and get it already at 100, 110 degrees in the summer, and then it's 30 degrees in the fall when you go hunt, I need to go buy a new turret for that. You can't just go resight in at that elevation or something? No, because it changes the increments. It changes how the bullet flies. And so the distance between three and 400 yards needs to be bigger, smaller, etc. Oh. And so it's a beautiful solution to do that, especially, you know, if you live in Kansas and it's pretty flat and you're not going to be shooting real far anyway, you know, maybe 300 yards across a cornfield, something like that. And the temperature is pretty much going to be the same. That's a really cool solution uh, to just get a new turret custom. Yeah, it looks nice, too. Yeah. But as soon as you go on a hunt out west, as soon as the temperature changes, it's different. It's not it's wrong now. So, uh, you'd have to be pretty prepared. Like you'd have to be pretty prepared, and <laughs> and you need to order it like two months before your hunt. Right, be that's totally what I, dialed that's in. What I'm not changing my load. I know exactly the, everything. Right, and I'm, so it's a beautiful solution, but it, ah, it's pretty problematic, right? And so the next solution, and like what I used on this last elk hunt, is you get a piece of paper and you tape it to the stock of your gun, and. Uh, it just has your thing. But now we're going in and out of the scope. You know, uh, I got to get out of the scope, move so I can see the stock of my gun, this little paper I have there. Now I go back into the scope, find the animal. I'm, it's still... Uh, oh, you have that paper on one of your gun. That last gun, that was hurting me. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The the, the one that I used on the Elkhunt, that's what I did, is oh, that solution. Yeah, I was wondering what that paper was. Yeah, I a lot to... of guys do that. We'll tape a paper there. Okay. It, it's a simple solution. It works, but you're kind of still, you're still kind of bumbling back and forth. So I wanted to create turret tags Um, that is just simple, tiny little stickers that you put on the turret of, of your scope. And it, you know, for 250 yards, 300 yards, etc. Now, this is no different that, you know, it's going to be different, you know, it, different conditions, but the stickers are cheap. <laughs> you know, you can whatever, just 10 bucks. Peel off and. Yeah. yeah and and you can line. probably just peel them off and, and just move them a tiny bit uh, for really the longer range ones are all the ones you're going to have to move. Um, and so if you go to a different hunt, just move your sticker a, light, a little bit. Or if you rip the sticker, whatever, it's a cheap $10 solution. Just get new stickers, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what turret tags are. The Now, there have been a few people that have had these tiny little stickers to put on turrets before. There's one real problem with them is because the sticker is super, super tiny to fit on all turrets, especially the short turrets, they are just too fragile. One little bit of rain and they're gone. They, you know, you barely bump them and they rubbed off, etc. It's just not a reliable solution mm-hmm. for hunting. And so another s- s- solution. <laughs> More sticker. <laughs> piece of tape. <laughs> Um, so turret tags comes with all the tiny little, uh, stickers for 100, 200 yards, 250, whatever, all the way out to a thousand yards that you can put on, on your turret. It has a QR code to a video where I'm going to walk you through exactly step-by-step how to get your dope so that you know exactly where to put those stickers, walk you, walk you through exactly. And then once you have all your stickers on there that you want, 
there's just another clear strip that you just wrap on top of all the stickers all the way around the turret and it locks it on there. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Such a beautiful little solution. Um, Now, when they they buy the turret tag, if they have to, you know, get another set of turret tags according to hunts that they're going on, are they going to get a whole packet of little turret tags? So each each little each sheet has I think thirty different tags on it, mm-hmm. and it's you know ten dollars. And so, um, oh, so that'll last a little while. Well, yeah, because most of the probably I mean, need like six on there. Yeah, you could just move them around for the another hunt. But if they lose all their stick or you just tore one, ten dollars get more stickers. Mm-hmm. So I like it because it's just such a simple solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I'm excited about it, honestly, with my guns, because you know how frustrated I get when it's like the night before a hunt and I'm like, oh, I don't have a single gun that's like ready to go, you know, uh-huh. because I'm always trying different, different guns and reviewing different things and I have to move around scopes and stuff. And so, ah, it's frustrating trying to get ready uh, for a hunt and like being ready to take those, uh, any shot that I need. And so I, I'm excited about that because I can just set it up on all my guns, set up on all my tags, and then I'll, I'll just put a little piece of tape on there that just says what conditions that's suitable for. That's um, cool. And then I pick up the gun. I'm like, oh, yep, this is, you know, cold weather hunt at 8,000 feet. This is what my tags are set for, ready to go. And then if I, as soon as I get a range, I just boop, just have to look right at the turret, whatever it is. Does that go. sound effect come with the little sticker packet? Not necessarily a boop, but it's more of a boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited about it. Honestly, mostly for me, I think it's the coolest thing uh, for, for my gun. So that's turret tags. Um availability very very soon very very soon i mean within a few days uh really and so anyway pretty excited about that uh maybe we should make that oh maybe we can announce that first in backfire plus when it comes out because i think they're gonna sell out pretty quick i feel like they should get it free i would love to maybe they yeah yeah we'll figure out we'll figure out how to do that Email. Free turret tags if you get a backstop pad or something. We'll find a way. Yeah. Use coupon code plus when you buy them. We'll set up some kind of coupon code for There you go. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, I'm pretty excited about that. We have gone so far afield, Um, but I'm going to take us even further afield. Okay. (laughs) From our original topic. That is, um, so we've, I would love to get a good digiscoping adapter, you know, so that you can record with your phone through the, um, yeah, through your scope spotting or spotting scope. scope. Uh-huh. Man, that problem is just not solved. There are several companies that have made solutions for it. I still don't feel like anybody's really solved it though. Oh, really? It's, it's a tough problem. Actually, Peyton and I were talking about, you know, maybe we should come out with something there, uh, see if we can fix that problem. It's complicated for a few reasons. So one, like I'm using this vector optics, um, spotting scope 20 by 20 to 60. Mm-hmm. It, it uses a little bit different diameter of, a of an eyepiece. Nobody makes one that fits that. Uh, similarly, I have a Maven spotting scope. Nobody makes one that fits it. And s- because it has to be specific to your phone so that most of them like give you a phone case 
and then you snap the phone case on an adapter on the phone case and that adapter snaps onto something that's permanently on your spotting scope. So many pieces. Ah, Jim, I hate, hate it when, when I yeah. open a box and it has like 15 pieces. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> because now I've got to keep track of all those pieces <laughs> so that I want to switch to a different one. I can, I'm actually going to find the pieces. Ah. And then you had a little girl who that's her favorite toy. All the teensy, teensy, tiny pieces. <laughs> she loves pieces. She loves pieces. Anyway, so the one that I went with is called Novagrade. It's... I. We're still experimenting with it. I, I met these guys at a show. I think it was the Western Hunt Expo a couple of years ago. And they showed me this product. It seems like it's the most universal-ish of the ones that are out there. It's still not universal. You still got several different pieces and adapters to fit whatever spotting scope you're using. But I do like at least that it has kind of a spring-mounted thing to put your phone in there and it'll handle even big phones who's that from nova grade and hmm. ova grade okay what is it called spotting scope attachment it's just called nova grade digiscoping adapter digiscoping patent pending anyway so it's good the other the problem is because it's more of a universal one like when you put your phone in there the iPhones, well, a lot of phones now, but especially the iPhones that have like multiple cameras, ah, it's really tough to get it a little bit set yeah, up because you get it set the and then whoop, it switches to a different lens. Mm. Um, So we did try this last week. There is a setting. If you go into your settings and then camera, you can like lock it to just one camera that it's using, mm -hmm. but it's still a process to get your phone on there, get it set up for that spotting scope that you're using or binoculars or whatever um, and get it to record. I don't know, Jim. You sound like maybe you're complaining about first yeah. world problems. It is first world problems. It is. So there are a few other solutions. There's All-In and MagView that are kind of the new cool kid solutions to this. Uh, problem with those is it has to be exactly your phone and exactly that spotting scope and so if you don't if you're using a different spotting scope or a different phone it's not going to work and as soon as you replace your phone you got to go buy another 80 dollar part as soon as you change your um your spotting scope you got to go buy another thing and these solutions are like 180 dollars just yeah. to attach my phone to the spotting scope it's kind of a I lot i kind of feel like this is a little $180 feels like a lot. That's how much all gun. I mean, I mean, all gun accessories are kind of expensive, but how cool is it to have the footage of what you're seeing through the scope? It is that, pretty cool. That really adds to the whole experience to be able to capture that on video. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it'll be nice for, well, especially for hunts because the hunt videos that we've done in the past, we use just a long Sony lens I think, uh, is it 600 millimeters, Garrett? Mm. Might be might be 500. Ah, something like that. Five, 600 millimeter lens, which is good, but it's still like way zoomed out on a full frame camera. Um, and so we got to crop in a lot. And so being able to film through a spotting scope, you're going to, you're going to have a lot more magnification to get, you know, a good view of, uh, of what you're shooting at. What would be awesome is when we're just, you know, filming videos, shooting targets and stuff, what would be awesome is if we could get that drone to be able to last longer because mm -hmm. when we went out and shot that, that Mayo video, it died in like 20 minutes. 
Yeah, uh, we got a couple shots and then, and this one is not on me. I told Jim that he should let the drone back because it was like a mile out there and it was down to like 25% and I'm like, Jim, it's going to die. We got to bring it back. And he's like, no, it's not going to die. And it died out there. It died out there. Walked out what, like 800 yards or 1200 yards to go get it. It was a, it was a journey out there to go get it, but we found it at least. <laughs> but shoot, let's talk about that shooting the mile uh, and that. So we shot the one mile target. The biggest problem with shooting the mile is seeing if you hit the target or not, because depending on how the steel is hung and how heavy the steel is, it may not even really shake the steel. And so you might just get a little tiny thing. You may not see the splash, uh, you know, the actual mark on the steel. You're probably not going to hear it. Sometimes you can. I have shot a mile before and you could hear it sometimes. Just depends how the wind is and stuff. And if there's not dirt underneath the target, that's usually the best way to see the splashes because the bullet's going to hit the target and, you know, break apart and you'll see dirt fly up directly underneath the target. And that's usually, you know, from smashing on the target and then hitting the ground. Mm -hmm. But that's a little bit hard to see because there were a lot of, you know, sagebrush and things around it. And so we were shooting a mile, but we just couldn't tell if we were hitting or not because of you know, the drone ran out of battery and then there was brush around the target. So it was tough to see. So I think getting the spotting scope just for being able to see that little flare or the trail, what do you call it? Bullet trace. Yes. That was so cool. It's fun. It's fun to watch the bullet trace. That is amazing that a camera can catch that. Yeah. And it's, it's cool when you're shooting at a long distance like that because you have four seconds of flight time with most cartridges out to a mile. And so like you can watch it and be like, ooh, ooh, oop, this one's close. Oh, the wind got it, you know? Yeah. Like, there's enough time to to yeah, be watching the whole flight of the bullet. I I think that would make everybody's shooting experience more fun if they had a spotting scope. Yeah. <laughs> to it's see cool that. To see the trace. <laughs> that is pretty fun. But I will say the drone gets better footage of the bullet hitting the the target yeah for sure drone looks cool yeah yeah because you can get closer for sure the problem with the drone is because the bullet is arcing so much i mean there are i think we decided it was like 88 feet of bullet drop at a mile Mm -hmm. and so you gotta place the drone carefully yeah (laughs) Yeah. so that it doesn't get taken out Mm -hmm. because where you don't want the drone is immediately above or to the sides of the plate because again, the bullet's going to smash on it and just shoot out in all directions yep. um, with the plate. And so you can't have it in line with the plate, but you don't want to be too high above it or else you're going to get you're going to get hit on the arc of the bullet anyway. Mm, cool tech thing. It's an art. Yes. Do you have any other suggestions of what we might need for fun? I don't know. I'm sure we need more gear. They, they do make some targets that are that you can put down there. Um, and then, you know, has like Wi-Fi so that you can see up close. Problem is you got to go hoof it out a mile, set it up at the target and then come back. And so if, if you're at a range that you have a road that you can drive to the target, awesome. If not, then that's a, that's a good 25 minute walk. Wait, it has Wi-Fi in it so you can see like on your phone if you hit the target. Yeah. It's just like a, a camera that you just set up, you know, 10 feet from the target. 
and then it comes to your phone on the other end or to a receiver and it shows you the line. What? Why don't we have that? Because you have to walk all the way out there to set it up. You're complaining about menial problems again. <laughs> but at a mile, that's like a, that's like a 30 minute walk, 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. I'm pretty sure we could use the exercise. I, I definitely could use the exercise. Not you specifically. I said we. Well, you could not. You're extremely fit. I, yes, I, I'm, we both could. I'm a, I got a little pudding. No, everyone needs as much exercise as they can get. <laughs> well, okay. So, man, we've been having a lot of fun this week. We sh- shot a mile. We've been working on getting the zero on our rifles and turret tags coming out. I did the math the other day about like how many turret tags we're going to have to sell to even like move and move the needle because it's such a cheap product and we got to ship it to people and stuff. Yeah. It's like basically a free product. Yeah. yeah. It's basically a free product. It will, uh, why we have to sell thousands to make a difference, (laughs) but I just want the product to exist. It's such a simple little solution. I think it's going to make a big difference. Anything we can do to make people's lives better. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this episode of the Backfire Mancast. And we'll see you guys in another 10 days. Bye. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>